0: Welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome like anxiety, health, and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. Hello and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. I'm Sarah and I'm happy to connect with you this week. This week, we are going to talk to somebody that is truly inspirational She's been in so many tough situations and somehow found resilience to move forward. And I think that this conversation is going to be really good if you're somebody that is doing work on yourself, that's maybe had a tough childhood or some different challenging things that you've been through in your life, and hopefully you can really feed off of some of the resilience that's talked about in this conversation. I know we are all working through so many things. I myself am doing a lot of work in therapy on different aspects of my life and you know it's a lot. It can be really challenging when we're trying to dig deep into things, dig into our past, dig into our current situations And sometimes it feels like we're not really getting anywhere. And so I think hearing from somebody that's um, able to display that resilience can be really helpful. So we're going to speak to Gladys Camacho. She's, as I said, a huge inspiration. She's been through a number of difficult situations, including having a child at a really young age and a cancer diagnosis. And She's very resilient. She has been able to become a successful parent and coach and an inspiration to many in her community. So let's hear about her background and how she really learned to thrive in these tough situations. And maybe there'll be a nugget in there for you that can help in terms of being resilient. We're going to learn about something called reparenting which I've never heard about before, and some of the other key tools that she's using. So please welcome Gladys Camacho. So hello, Gladys. Welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to connect with you today. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here with you. Perfect. So why don't we start with you providing a little bit about your background?
1: Yeah. So I'm Puerto Rican, um so proud, you know, Latina, uh, born in Chicago. Uh you know, that's kind of where it all started. You know, I say, you know, born in the in this windy city mm-hmm. and then moved to Milwaukee when I was uh younger. You know, I was probably just turning around 10ish. Um come from a divorced family and you know, no dad in the picture. Um Youngest sibling, there were six of us. Um, now there are five of us. Um, I'll, I'll probably have an opportunity um, in a little bit to explain more. My One of my brothers, who was my best friend, um, died as a result of COVID-19 in uh, 2020. So now there's five of us. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, that goes along with my story because you're going to get one part, but then there's this other part that even just thinking about, about it right now actually is kind of making my cheeks a little warm, um, mm-hmm. you know, by thinking about some of these things that, that we're going to talk about today. But yeah, so lived in Chicago, or born in Chicago, Milwaukee. Now I'm in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, this is where I came about four years ago. I was in human resources for about 25 years Too much of that would be a surprise to a lot of people to hear that a teen mom <laughs> turned professional um, and where I'm at now is such a, is such a story that I have to just chuckle myself. So that's a little bit about me.
0: That's great. And I know what we're going to talk about a lot is, you know, thriving through adversity mm-hmm. and tough situations. Um, and I know that you had mentioned previously that you had a child at a really young age. Mm-hmm. and You know, I, I totally commend you because I had my first child at 28 and I found it to be one of the toughest challenges of my life so far. You know, you really have to dig deep. I wondered if you could talk us through a little bit of your experience of having a child and parenting at a young age and sort of how that's impacted you.
1: Yeah. How do I even start with that? You know, I had my son a month after I turned 16. So my 15th year was mostly pregnant. Um, And then having this baby in my hands at 16, um, and going home, living obviously with my mom, a high Mm -hmm. school student, having to experience waking up in the middle of the night, taking care Mm -hmm. of this baby, ensuring that his needs are met while trying to go to school. Um, I remember such a, I'll never forget, you know, in Milwaukee, the high school I went to had a childcare in the high school. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Uh, That was, you know, 90s, like, you know, hey, a lot of teen pregnancies at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, So they had a a daycare in the in the school and this little yellow bus would pick me up and my son and we would go to school together. And oh, then, wow. yeah, I know we'd come back. And then I had, you know, this homework thing that I was trying to do, which I was horrible at already. Now I have a baby and, and being a mom and didn't know what it was like to be a teen anymore. Cause that was, mm-hmm. you know, thrown out the window and then, Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, Sarah. A a lot of it is a blur to me, actually. I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, traumatizing childhood experiences are difficult and challenging. And then you add more adverse child experiences, like being a teen mom in a really sucky, non-parenting environment. I think my brain sucked up some of those memories. So I know it was hard. It was hard. My mother tried a little bit, but my mom was in her own world. Siblings, me being the youngest, they were all out of the house. So it was like me and this baby. And and it was hard. It was very, very hard. Lots of tears, lots of mistakes, to say the least. Lots of mistakes. Um, I'm just glad he's 31 and alive and doing well and my other kids. So I'm thankful for that. Mhm mhm. Yeah, and
0: I can imagine, you know, when you talk about like not getting the sleep, all of that mm-hmm. I'm sure really affects your memory of the time too. Um I I can just only imagine and and high school like the work is stressful in itself, so I can see that would have been a lot um with the child then as well. So yeah, um good for you for for finding <laughs> a path through that for sure. Um and I know that you also mentioned that, you know, you have been involved in reparenting yourself. You talked mm-hmm. a little bit about your parent there. Mm-hmm. Um I wondered if you wanted to share a little bit more about your experience in terms of reparenting and, and what is even meant by that term because it's something I'm hearing more and more, but I, I don't think many people are familiar with.
1: Well, when you grow up parentless, right, you grow up without a parent – um, you're already doing everything a lot of things by yourself. Yes, I had a roof over my head and clothing mm-hmm. to wear and 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 food to eat. Mm, most of the time. I didn't always have food to eat. Um and then not having the basic needs met that a little girl needs. Like, um, I didn't have anyone to teach me to how to brush my hair. I have very, very curly hair. No one. I remember being so embarrassed in school because didn't have that. I didn't have my mom wasn't there for me um, to, to do the, the, the basic things that, you know, a little girl wants. I remember, I do have one memory. Uh, I remember be, remember being around 12 or 13, walking home from school and saying to myself, is this clear? This will, I'll never forget this. I remember saying, why can't, my mom have on an apron and Mm. bake for me and have nice snacks for me when I get home from school. Like this was the image I had of what a mom was supposed to do, what I needed. And I remember walking home from school and tears running down my eyes. Like I just wanted this, not having a parent, even for basic things. Like how did, you know, Hey, what's it going to look like when I, you know, have my first female things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, How about the birds and the bees? Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of learning on my own and then parenting myself by experiencing the repercussions of my decisions and then trying to teach myself what I wish I would have been taught beforehand. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, most people think Think as when we were teenagers and and young, young kids, that we don't want our parents to tell us what to do. No, we do. We do. Mm -hmm. We we crave the guidance, and I didn't have the guidance. So I guided myself. And through that, there was a lot of challenges along the way, like being a teen mom hmm
0: yeah and I've definitely heard reparenting like in different ways uh, you know sometimes the parents not there other times they're there but kind of le- like emotionally not there oh. yeah um and so yeah that's those are some good examples of of what you experienced and so how then did undertaking you know some of that reparenting how did it help you in the end like what was the impact in terms of like your more adult life once once you got there
1: yeah, you know, going back to your comment about the emotion list. Oh, I'm not even sure how to explain that. Not having a parent, my father walked out, they were divorced, and he didn't care to be a dad, a mom who was too busy living her life. um Post divorce and having fun, and a child, or I would say children, because my siblings were in the same boat. They were a little older. Some of them were gone, but for me, not having the parent to even just tell me they love me—something mm-hmm. that doesn't cost anything—a uh, parent to tell, to affirm me, a parent to to say anything nice to me—and mm-hmm. so yes, there's that whole aspect that I didn't know I needed. And then when I became a parent, I looked at this little boy and I said, just tell him you love him mm-hmm. as many times as you can. Don't stop. Hug him as much as you can. And I'm not the most affectionate person even to this day. Uh, but I remember just always telling, you know, my son and and my, my kids, uh, you know, I love you. I love do you, and I remember asking my my kids, Do you know I love you? Like I needed to know they knew mm-hmm. and then understood this because I didn't get that at all and it, it it helped me be more observant of what I was doing in the fact that it's not just the physical, but it's also the emotional um, aspect of of parenting as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I can identify with that. I've definitely made that a big thing myself, just trying mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm I'm checking in with that and making sure. And it just, it gives you such a different perspective in having a child because you do think like, wow, you know, it's like your parent missed out on so much. I think there's, you know, those kinds of thoughts as well that you have. Um, so yeah, in terms of the reparenting then, um have you been able to get to a point then where you sort of are are past that and and you've been able to move through it or is it still kind of something you're doing
1: no 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 i was able to you know um, admittedly i I'm, I'm not embarrassed to say to get help you know yeah. for a long time where when i needed you know someone to to tell me that what i went through um was not normal. And mm-hmm. that um, to, to find ways to look deep inside of me for the things that I didn't get, and then trying to give to my kids what I didn't get. And um, still, it's still a challenge. I'm not a perfect parent. My son's 31. And then I have three beautiful daughters, but you know, not n- I just needed to get the help, and oh yeah, I'm I'm totally past that. I I am very proud of who I am today, um, for the you know sticking by what I did, even through the mistakes I learned, and um, I'm very grateful. You know, I have amazing children, um, and that's what that's what matters. Mm hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah. And the relationship that then
0: you've been able to forge. And I can imagine that that validation, you know, in seeking help was probably really helpful because all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, this is all the stuff that's been missing. You know, it's it's having somebody confirm what you sort of thought and you knew, but um, maybe didn't necessarily really know yet.
1: (laughs) No, but, you know, Sarah, I needed to hear because I Mm -hmm. lived with this guilt. And I needed to hear that I, there were areas of my parenting that were challenged and that it wasn't because I chose it. I didn't have to give. Mm -hmm. And that's not what, you know, I'm now understanding that I didn't have, a lot of the tools. Yes, I told my kids I love them, and I hugged them, and I, I did the best I could. But there are areas where um, I could have done more, but I didn't have it. Why do you give what you don't have? Mm-hmm. And I've now I learned that. And that was so healing for me, mm-hmm. so healing for me to say, oh, okay, I didn't have it. That's why I didn't give it perfectly in, in every way. Yeah.
0: Mhm mhm and then being able to take that knowledge for sure. No, I I absolutely think that's great that you were able to seek the help and and then be able to apply it even. And and you're right, like modeling is so important with parents and we hear that more now. I don't know that our parents really heard that messaging, but mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know, kind of modeling how to love and modeling mm-hmm. how to interact and it's um Definitely something that I'm always thinking about too.
1: That's great. That's great.
0: Um, so yeah, I mean your story is just so interesting and appreciate so much you sharing all these aspects. I know you also mentioned um that you received a cancer diagnosis, and I thought maybe you'd Mm want to talk a little bit more about, you know, given all of these challenging times, how you remain so resilient and um, seem to be able to uh, overcome that adversity in those tough situations?
1: Yeah, I. this is one of the things that I appreciate talking about because every time I tell my story, a little piece of me receives more healing. Mm -hmm. So in 2020, I mentioned earlier um, that my brother passed away of COVID-19. He was my best friend. I I don't know how to express the relationship that we had. It was just very um, special. And in in March of 2020, um, he tells me that he is in the hospital with COVID-19. He designated me his his decision maker, that same week, I had al- I already found out I had a, m- a mass in my kidney. Then mm-hmm. they tell me that there is a tumor in my pancreas, oh, and right. I was dealing with my brother. Then in that same month of March, the person who made a vow to be with me walked out. Oh, wow. So I was dealing with the grief of my brother brother who then passed away my health because mm-hmm. i now had i had to have a major surgery that has left me with a <laughs> with a beautiful 8 inch scar on my belly mm-hmm. and then grieving that abandonment right and so i had to when I went through that, you know, um, I'm, I'm very blessed that, you know, when, when it was said and done, the doctor tells me, you know, you you they didn't know for sure what was going on. And then he said, okay, now we know for sure it's a neuroendocrine tumor and it's cancer. And this is what he said. And I'm quoting, he said, it's not the bad kind. Hmm. And I don't know if that was his way of making me feel better. Feel better. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to I, explain, you don't often hear that. <laughs> right? Like when he's trying to explain something, like if, if that was the, the best term for me, and I, I took it was a sigh of relief. However, yes, they had to take it out. And I, I still suffer from a lot of the, you know, issues from having that. And then he told me, you know, I have 10 years worth of continual um checks you know to ensure that um I would be okay and and when I when I was going through that you know childhood later on in life everything in between then 2020 I it it, a lot of people was asked how how I I call myself the comeback queen Mm -hmm. because I've had to come back so many times and I did it because there was two things two things I think about A lot of people will say, well, just take it one day at a time. Well, guess what? One day at a time was too much for me, Sarah. I had to take it one hour at a time. So I'd look at the clock and this is, this is true. I'd look at the clock and then about an hour or so later, I'd look at the clock again. Cause I'm a, I'm a, a clock watcher. I look at the time again. I'm like, okay, I made it another hour. Like, okay. One, one hour closer to, to the end of this day, not just one whole day. I had to take even smaller pieces. Another thing is that I've told myself nothing lasts forever. Mm. Nothing. Nothing lasts forever. And it's true. I tell this to my kids and my grandkids. Now, nothing lasts forever. And you will get through this. I didn't have a choice. I had to get through it. Mm -hmm. And there is just, there are things that I I say, you just don't have a choice in the matter. And I just didn't have a choice. I was going to get through it because for me, it was, Well, a lot of people ask, you know, why is this happening to me? And I just, why not me? Why would I be exempt from these things happening to me? No tumors ever in my family history. Never. No one else in my family, except like an aunt of mine had twins. I ended up with twins, like all these things that wouldn't happen to other people happen to me. Uh, I guess I'm special. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'll just say I'm special. But knowing that the, 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 when they, when they told me one day at a time, it was too much for me. Uh, getting help when I needed it, recognizing my, my, my need for, you know, uh, professional support and, um, understanding that nothing lasts forever. You will get through this because Gladys, you don't have a choice. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Or I would have just crawled a, a, a dug-a-hole and and crawled in there and that's that's not that's not an option in my life.
0: Yeah, absolutely and
1: yeah, I know I I hear you when
0: you say even the advice that you've given your children and I think those are almost great mantras and uh, you know I've had conversations like that with my kids where I kind of say like something's gonna shift you know Mm -hmm. you don't know where it's gonna go it's uncomfortable but it's something's gonna change and um, so I like that nothing lasts forever it can kind of be really helpful I think mentality for kids as well so that's that's great and um, you definitely seem to have the ability to to kind of talk yourself through things, right? Like not everybody is able to do that to find um, their kind of their own inspiration. I guess is is what I would yeah. say.
1: Yeah, um, my son says I have a a, a a way of compartmentalizing. You know, that's very unique. I, I have to put one thing, you know, in each in each box and deal with that one thing, and so um, and talk myself through that one thing because. I, um, if I take on too many things and I'm trying to deal with, when I was dealing with those three major things in 2020, I had to deal with one thing at a time. My brother's in the hospital, Gladys, you better get it together. Cause you have to make decisions for his life. Mm-hmm. Then the surgery, then, you know, Then okay, now I'm going, I'm going under, and this is not going to be an easy surgery. And then, okay, now I'm alone in this house. How am I going to afford to pay for this? House? One thing at a time, mm-hmm. one hour at a time. And that's it. That's how I got through it, and that's how I'm going to continue to get through the rest of my life. Otherwise, I don't know because life's not easy. I know mm-hmm. that something's probably down the down the pike waiting for me. <laughs> it's possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and you never know, and and you can't even plan
0: for a lot of these things, right? right? They just they just come at you so no those are those are great ways to think for sure and and it's definitely got you through it sounds like a lot of challenging times mm-hmm. i wondered if you wanted to talk i know you mentioned that um you know you're a coach now and yeah. i wondered if you sort of wanted to talk about that transition and how you've kind of moved to your successful
1: business and oh, and today Yeah, this, you know, this makes me smile. I'm smiling Mm -hmm. because this is why I had to go through everything. This is Mm -hmm. why, because I had to be here today with you and be here for other people. And so I I had an amazing career in human resources. Like here's this, you know, um, dropout, right? Like who ended up, you know, having to go to school, not getting the right degree, being a teen mom, having more kids. And I ended up with an amazing career, um, in human resources. Yeah, I grew that corporate ladder and for 25 years ended my last role as a senior human resources consultant. And I decided uh, this was, you know, not so long ago that I want to help other people. How do I do it? I had a conversation with my son. I, my son is really a huge inspiration for me and. You know, I, I was became a certified coach and I'm like, well, what is it? Who do I want to focus on? Who am I going to be coaching? And it's that being confident. It's being fearless. And that's one of the areas that I focus on, right? It's that, that fearlessness that. Confidence that you can do it. If you're stuck, if you have a decision to make, if there's something going on, you can you can do it confidently and fearlessly. And then I also empower professionals navigating their career in human resources or their career in general. And that transition took place when I realized that well, so many things that already happened to me, and I'm like, well, well now what do I want to do? I, I I really that is going to make an impact one person at a time. Mm -hmm. And this is it. This is it. This is, this is my passion. And this is what I'm supposed to be doing in life is talking to people, you know, like you getting the story out there, inspiring, motivating, coaching people when something's going on with with them that they're unsure how to navigate. And so the, the transition has been an amazing one. And so yes, now I have my own practice. And now I love coaching people. There's a, a Latino community as well that needs coaching because they 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 think that you know the, they can do this on their own and that they don't need um, you know someone to help them navigate their goals and you have not look caring for themselves. And this is a lot of who I help, but also it's just helping people. So I have that twofold kind of um business right now because. I'm more than just one thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a box of crayons. You know, <laughs> I'm a box of crayons with, pick the color of your choice, and I'm going to help you through that. That's that's what I'm going to call myself. That the <sighs> queen that's uh, colorful and a box of crayons.
0: That's great. No, I'm so glad that you found something that you love and and that you can... Um, put your time and energy into because you definitely have a lot of energy, and I do. Um, <laughs>
1: um,
0: and I think that totally makes sense with you know some of the mentality that you have that you are coaching people to be fearless and and right. how to move forward. That makes so much sense. Okay. So I wondered before we wrap up, are there mm-hmm. any other key pieces of advice or tips or tools that you want to share?
1: I think some of them were were shared. Mm-hmm. Um, right, Sarah. Some of them were shared, where you know when we talk about thriving in tough situations, and um, that 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 beast, that monster, that gremlin, um, whatever it is that's being thrown at us, is that doesn't last forever. Take it an hour at a time. Focus on on one thing at a time. If you try to do everything, you do nothing. You do nothing, mm-hmm. and so just try to do one thing at a time. And I love it. On my, mon- I'm actually looking at my monitor right now, and it says, "You got this." That's my reminders. I got this. No one can tell me otherwise. I was supposed to be a statistic as a teen mom, a Latina teen mom uh, from the the ghetto of the in Chicago, and that's not how it turned out. And why? Because I got this, and it's really a lot of self talk and a lot of self love a lot.
0: Mm, That makes sense. That sounds great. Okay, so I am sure the listeners are going to want to find out a bit more about you. How can they do that? Is there a website, a social media handle online anywhere?
1: Yeah, definitely. So um, my website is Camacho CC for um, coaching and Consulting consulting.com camacho com. CamachoCC.com. i'm on instagram i'm on facebook i'm on linkedin you you can find me if you just look for you know gladys camacho or uh, camacho coaching you can definitely find me and so yeah definitely I, i'd love to to help some of one of your listeners if there's someone out there that grabs inspiration from this and if my job here is done then it's done. And I'm okay with that. I'm in peace with that.
0: That's great. And I'm sure others are going to definitely want to connect with you. I will put those all into the show notes so that people can just kind of click away and, and find you that way. Well, thank you so much, Gladys, for your time today. I know I feel definitely inspired by your story. And I'm sure others will and appreciate you sharing with us.
1: Thank you, Sarah. I'm so blessed to have been here. Take care
0: thank you so much to Gladys Camacho for that conversation. As I said off the top, she's very inspirational. She definitely gets you thinking about that self talk, you know, telling yourself that you got this. Um, And and thinking through some of those tough situations and how to get through in that way that she talked about, you know, one day at a time, if that's too much looking at one hour. Um, she said that she often tells herself things like nothing lasts forever, you'll get through this, why not me, you know, in, in kind of that positive way to find inspiration. So I like, I like that, you know, there's so much that we need inside ourselves to get through different situations and you know similarly I went through a lot of bullying as a younger child and I really I feel when I look back it was that hope that I always had that like you know eventually somebody's gonna get me or eventually I'm going to find people that, you know, want to be with me and want to spend time with me or eventually I'm going to be somebody that's, um, you know, good for other people. And so I think holding on to that hope um, is really helpful. And and I liked her her focus on inspiration. So if you'd like to hear more about Gladys, please check her um, web pages and Instagram out. Her website is camacho.cc.com, and you can search her on Instagram as well. And I will link those all up into the show notes, so you can find out more about her if you're just looking for more information. I hope that everybody is having a good week. We had family day here, and I actually had to work, but um, the family had a good day, and and we had a good long, longer, I guess, for them, weekend. But um, a fun, a fun weekend, we'll say. And so I hope that everyone else is doing that. If you do celebrate family day um, and uh, if you celebrate pancake Tuesday or Mardi Gras or whatever you're celebrating in February, I hope that you're enjoying it. We will see you next week for another great conversation. Thank you for listening to the learning to slay the beast podcast. Please keep in mind, this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can follow me on social media, Instagram and TikTok at SarahLadyGluten or Facebook, Sarah underscore gluten-free Lady. You can also visit my website, which includes author information, speaking information, and more info on the podcast at www.se-german.com if you like the podcast please feel free to review the podcast on your favorite platform and also subscribe because it means that it will show up for you every week on your favorite podcast platform also we've just started to have the ability to support the podcast you can find this link in my instagram bio or visit kofi ko-fi.com slash learning to slay the beasts. Thanks again for listening and have
1: a great week.